What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Alternate Reality, where we talk about everything gaming, everything nerdy, basically everything awesome. I am one of your hosts, Super Hammer, and I am joined, as always, by Muggin. Yo. Yo, yo, yo. You ready to get this week done? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Sorry we missed last week, guys. My schedule was the poops, so I couldn't uh, I couldn't break free to at a time that worked for both of us, so we just kind of had to had to let that one go. So yeah, sorry about but that. But we got some good stuff here this week, though. Lots mm-hmm. of movies and stuff. The movies and stuff have, I mean, like good game stuff that we're going to be talking about too, of course. But like, there's a good amount of movie stuff and show stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm yeah, happy yeah, to get some into good that. stuff. Um, but let's go ahead. Uh, I got to give you the um, the shameless shilling, of course. Shill it out. So uh, thank you all very much to our patrons. We really appreciate all of your support. Um, it means everything to us. Make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash ANR pod to uh, check out all the different stuff that we have there. And then, of course, you can um, go to our discord, discord.me forward slash ANR if you want to um, join in there on any of the topics of conversation that we have. You just go to roll a sign and then just react to anything that interests you and then you'll have access to that channel. And then lastly, of course, you can leave a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and that would really help out with visibility and everything like that. So please do so if you are inclined. And um, yeah, that pretty much wraps up that part. So let's get into the movies Mm -hmm. and TV show. Um, Let's do it. Yep, we're going to start off with a goodie because all shows have to have Star Wars in it. Um, Star Wars Tales of a Jedi. This is a bit late for us. We we both were like, okay, we want to watch it and then talk about it. It's been out for at least a couple of weeks now. But yeah, yeah, I think it's been like two and a half, maybe three. Yeah, but we both watched it. Plus, I feel like we're out of spoiler territory. So what what were your thoughts on it overall? That was fucking amazing, dude. Like, I first of all, like, I, I've always been a fan of Ahsoka. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think she's one of the one of the better things to come out of Clone Wars. Um, you know, that's Dave Filoni's like personal mark on Star Wars. It's like his baby. He created her from scratch and yeah, you know, really sewed her into a lot of the important events of the world, um, and let you see them through the eyes of like kind of a different lens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, f- from what you've seen him before. Um, so getting some additional like um some some insight into her was kind of cool mm-hmm. um but i for me what really shined was the dooku episodes yeah. like like dooku was for me like i always thought he was like a really awesome like dark side person um, he wasn't like a Darth, right? He went by Count, but I mean, I guess technically he was a Darth, right? Darth Dooku, but um, he uh, he was always really interesting to me, and um, you know, and when Clone Wars came out, the show it like further like wow, he's really good. He got a lot of really good screen time in that, and some really good plot arcs and stuff. So seeing his Jedi time, especially how it like completely rolled. And we're going to get a little baby spoiler here, but, you know, it's been a couple weeks. So, um, you know, how you got to see his reaction to Qui-Gon dying, like, because it, like, yeah. all of a sudden was, like, there. You know, there's the episode where he's got Qui-Gon the Padawan. And then there's the next episode where it's obviously been some years. And because now Qui-Gon has Obi-Wan and he's talking to Qui-Gon with Obi-Wan. And then later in the episode, you find out that Qui-Gon just got killed by Darth Maul, right? And then he goes and confronts... Mm-hmm. Palpatine about it and fights Yaddle and all this stuff and it was just like holy crap like that was amazing to like see like his conflict right was pretty interesting you know yeah I think that like for me you know two characters that really kind of emphasize as you as you kind of said like a different perspective would be Ahsoka and Count Dooku because I feel like neither of them were quite good or quite evil i mean like obviously each one goes closer to a certain side right um but like count dooku was never quite like evil evil now they did make him a bit more evil in the um 
Clone uh, Wars in the animated show. series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he definitely like, had some more evil moments. Yeah, but in in the movies and in this, you could tell that they, in this especially, they wanted to show it at least. Um, he really like he was all for kind of getting rid of um, the of Palpatine and kind of like he tried several times in the movies to be like, hey, like you and me, like, let's join up and we can overthrow him. And because I don't want what he wants necessarily, like, I don't want it to be that bad, but I feel like it could be better if, if you know, we do it right. So. Mm. Like I, I did kind of I, I got what he was throwing out and you got to see more of it here, especially in the very first episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Or uh, second episode, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I, I really liked seeing them push that narrative of his a lot more. And, yeah. Well, um, you, you always saw in the um, mm-hmm. in the in the like, at least in the in the, in the movies, like, yeah. He wasn't like an evil dude. He was just like yeah. a separatist, right? So he's just like anybody else. Like he's fighting for his independence from whatever, right? He just mm-hmm. happened to have been, you know, technically a fallen Jedi. But it's not like he was running around like cat cackling and throwing lightning and murdering babies mm-hmm. and stuff. And you see in the in this episode, you see really where that separatist vibe stems from is that like he felt like the Jedi had been corrupted and that they were, you know, the lapdogs of the of the um, Senate and they weren't really doing what they were, you know, they didn't really stand for what they said they stood for. And he felt like, you know, there was a better way and that he wanted to, you know, break free from that crap. Yeah. And Ahsoka eventually saw that same thing. Now she, she didn't, you know, turn into the dark side because of it. But like, I mean, she, you know, was like, no, I'm not going back to the Jedi's, you know, after she was kind of kicked out because she saw the hypocrisy in there. So, um, yeah. yeah, I I loved kind of seeing that play out. It was really good. Um, lots of interesting stuff there. Definitely sets up helps. Uh, like I guess build out the rest of the framework for future shows that are coming. So yeah, and can we can we just take a second <laughs> to, for the fucking epicness of that? I don't even want to call it a fight that mm-hmm. she had with the Inquisitor because. Oh yeah, that, that dude was dead the second she laid eyes on him. But yeah, like that whole like the tension and the dialogue and the the everything about like the way the angles. I mean, it was like a master class in that. And and what's cool about that is we saw a very similar thing with the way that Maul and Obi Wan played out in Rebels, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know, Maul was like the super aggressive, like, and Obi-Wan was just very chill and Maul attacked and Obi-Wan was like one struck one, you know, one swing, one kill, you know? Yeah. And this was the same thing. It was like, that dude came at her like, I've got this. And she's like, nope. Yeah. That was much more of the samurai vibe, you know? Yeah. I mean? And I loved his, that the design of that inquisitor was badass. Oh, dude. I was just like, why didn't they put this in for the old other show that they just put out? Yeah, like, the plague, this was the so plague much doctor. better. Yeah, because yeah, he's, like, he's like a plague doctor, right? Mm-hmm. He's got like the long plague doctor mask. Yep. So they they just announced um, like the road ahead for Galaxy Heroes, you know, the mobile game that I play. So mm-hmm. first of all, they're about to hit seven years. I can't believe I've been playing that game for seven years. But it's a great game. So they just they're coming out with a new territory battle, which is going to basically be the new endgame content. And they announced that the character that you're going to get from it is Reva. And I'm like, so we're reading her kit and she is fucking bonkers good. Like everything about her kit looks awesome. So my response was so basically the exact opposite Opposite. of what she was on screen. (laughs) Exactly. Because I felt like all she did was talk a lot of shit and when she had to show it she got her ass kicked. Yeah, she got hit. <clears throat> she she literally spoke shit, got hit for sure. Yeah. Um I mean Amber Rue almost freaking killed her. I mean, let's come on. Yeah, man. It was <laughs> bad. Um, Everything about that character for me was a miss, but I man, I'm, I won't argue that. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, all right, well let's go ahead and move on cuz we we could stay on Star Wars all day. We yeah, yeah. literally so have let's see before. what we got. Uh, next thing is Gears of War movie, possibly with Batista. So this was an interesting one that we found. Um, I saw it on TikTok originally, but basically uh, Dave Batista, he made a little video where it shows 
him just like in some epic lighting opening up a gearbox from gears of war and it, he's dressed in the armor and everything like that of marcus phoenix and he says like time to do this shit like this is the shit i love or something like that and basically what it was it was like a, it was a self-pitch for him as marcus phoenix um that he was trying to push to netflix because Netflix is working on a movie and live action series. You said correct. A TV show. I think. I think it's animated, but the, I don't know if it was specified. There's God, a film. It's, it's called a film and a show. So okay. there's there's two things they've been contracted by Microsoft to put together. So well, either way, I, I'm they getting won't pay a. The... Good. Yeah, I'm getting a Dwayne Johnson, you know, Black Adam vibe from it. Like he, he right. said, this is the this is the role of a, of the dream role for me like this is the role i want this is like the role yeah. of my lifetime it it kind of reminds me ironically now but of um oh boy what's his name uh how am i blanking on his name right now chris superman what's his name oh christopher reeves no 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 uh current superman Henry Cavill. There we go. I was about to Sorry. say Chris. No, Henry. Yeah, Henry way Cavill. off yeah. from Chris. Too many Chris's in the in the Hollywood <laughs> world. Right yeah, now. there's a lot of Chris's. Um, but yeah, so Henry Cavill, um, you know, he he like pitched hardcore for himself to be the Witcher, to be Geralt mm-hmm. um, for Netflix. Ironically, now he's running away from it. Um, but, you know, like he he went hard on trying to do that. So that really reminds me of this. So and I I would think I think Batista has more star power than Henry Cavill. I would say. I think so. I think Batista's really, especially lately, has gotten a lot of roles, and I also think that he's shown that he's more than just this super buff guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's had some some roles where he's been more dramatic. He's had some roles where he's had a lot more talking, you know, to do. Yeah. And then he's got his Drax roles. You know what I mean? So he's like he's he's definitely he's a. A well-rounded know, character. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I remember when he debuted in the WWE, you know, like, and he came mm-hmm. out, you know, with the, I think he was in the, like, the, you know, the, the triple X group or whatever. But I mean, he's, I, I, I really like him as an actor. I think he does good work and I think he's, he's good in an action role because he brings more than just the action role to it, you know, yeah. because he has all the other things he can do. So I think you'd be stupid not to grab a guy who's literally saying, like, this is the role I've been dreaming of. Like, give it to yeah. me. And they just so happen to be a good actor with with some star power behind them. It's like, mm-hmm. how could you not give that guy the role? Exactly. You know? So we'll have to see what happens with that. But either way, it's looking good. We're both for it. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing we're going to talk about is Wakanda Forever. So little news up front. Wakanda Forever pushes Disney past... Three billion global box office, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, last year it was two point nine. I think this year it was projected to three point three or something like that. Um, so yeah, like they're basically they're making bunches of money. No surprise there. Yeah, um, I mean they're global. I mean, which is and in this we'll talk about this a little more, but like of the things that Disney is dealing with right now, like they're 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 global box office numbers are, are kind of where they should be, which is good for them because of all the other issues that they're dealing with right now, um, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. So uh, for me, like, uh, yeah, they're making bunches of money. That's undeniable. Right. But mm-hmm. I got to say, man, quality has gone way down over time for me. Um, I am seeing just really crappy stuff come out now. And the, the latest for me is I saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and it is some hot garbage. <laughs> like, I have no problem proclaiming that. I would ask anyone, if you want to argue that, I mean, first of all, you're already wrong, but let's do it. Because there is no way that this is a good movie. Zero. Damn. Yeah, it is. The gauntlet it is, is thrown, people. If you want to argue with Hebrew, we can definitely um, <laughs> set you up on the podcast for a guest appearance. So let us know. It's uh, it's really one of first those. serve for patrons. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it's really one of those movies where I I, I can't believe it, it's honestly like almost insulting that it's that bad because 
everything they did was very hypocritical. Like they would try to justify it one way and then mm-hmm. they would completely contradict the point with what happens in the movie. And then I'm like, no. why? Like literally the entire premise of the movie doesn't even make sense whenever you think about what's happening. And so it, that's, those are all the issues that I have. And at the end of the day, like in my opinion, and uh, yes, I, I, okay, I can avoid spoilers on this, but like black Panther in the movie does a terrible job with showing why black a why black panther is really needed b the capabilities of someone in her their position and c um how th- whoever the new black panther is it they do a really bad job of showing that they are a good black panther let me put it to you like that um I I can't articulate any of the stuff well because I can't go in anymore. There's no, lots no, of that's spoiler fine. territories. We can and we can jump off of it now. But, yeah, but yeah. it's just there's just so much stuff. So let's keep going. Um next thing is gonna be uh what was it Midnight Club? I didn't no, see No, you skipped this. one. You skipped one. Oh, eighteen ninety nine. That's right. Yeah. Um I didn't see this one either. You saw it, but it looked very interesting from the trailer. Yeah, and you just told me in the pre-show that you haven't seen Dark, which I should just smack you. Virtual yes. smack incoming. So I think we talked briefly about this last cast where I had mm-hmm. seen the we had seen the trailer and we were like, holy shit, that looks good. So I've seen like the first episode and a half, and it it does not disappoint. Like in that first episode, like the amount of uh like nods and like little things that you're watching going, What? Why is that like that? And like you're seeing all these little things that that lead you to go like there's something going on there right like something's mm-hmm. not right about that something's not right about that and and if you know if you if you've seen dark which i'm telling you you should go watch it it's it's great and you will burn through it because you just kind of can't stop watching it because it's basically all about mystery of like who the hell is who and what the fuck is going on and having seen that and knowing how well these guys can craft these basic like mind fucks and like completely screw with you and your sense of time and and environment and place and character. Like I, I can tell from just the foundations they've set in this first episode that there is a bunch of stuff they've got planned. That's going to get real complicated. Mm -hmm. The thing I thought was interesting about dark is it got super complicated but I think because they had kind of planned the whole thing out from start to finish, it it worked because it it's they stuck the landing right. Which there's another uh, two two other things here where I think they missed the landing, which we'll talk about next. But acting was good, the set pieces were good, the costuming was good, the camera work was good. I mean, like everything, the special effects were good, like everything about it was great. So I'm really looking forward to digging deeper into it so hopefully we'll right. talk about it some more but i definitely would recommend checking it out i mean i've only seen an episode and a half but you know we'll see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fair I, i'm definitely gonna watch it so we, we yeah. can and talk watch about dark. it next week yeah dark i i will not guarantee that i will watch dark but i will at least go watch the trailer and see if i feel like it's yeah. worth it i was a year i was like a year or a year and a half late on watching dark mm-hmm. um and I caught hell of flack from my coworkers over it because <laughs> when it was on, it was like doing like they were like watching it weekly or something. And there was like all this crazy talk about like trying to figure out who was who and who was related to who and how they were connected. Because it's, there's like a lot of timey wimey um, weird shit going on in that in that show. So, right. Anyway. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, well, next thing is going to be in the Midnight Club. And I, once again, this is something I saw trailers for, but didn't quite watch it. This came out like two months ago, I think, right? Or something like that? I don't know when it came out. We we saw it, watched it, and we find, we finished it. So we talked about, I had seen all but like the last two episodes, last cast. I saw the end, the last two episodes, and I got to say, man, like they completely borked the landing of this one. Like, mm-hmm. oh God, it went so bad. Like every predictable thing that could have happened occurred. Right. And then it, it, they, they tried to give you like a little cliffhanger, like, oh, there's more to come at the end. But it was just so cliche. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, gosh, you fucking went there. So it was just like, I don't know. They had a really good premise and a really interesting, like, 
going through it. And then just those last two episodes, they just kind of like went, it went downhill pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, that's, I'm not surprised. And I find that interesting because um, the next thing that we're going to talk about is also kind of like that. Don't worry, yeah, darling. You saw I, it, right? I saw Don't Worry, Darling, um, whenever it was released. And this was, I think that was like also kind of like um, at least a month, if not two months ago. Yeah, no, no, it was, it, it came out in theaters, I think two months, maybe three months ago. Yeah. It had a lot of buzz because of like the whole, like the drama. Olivia, yeah, the, all the drama. The R- RL drama behind yeah, it. Yeah, so we wanted to see it. We never saw it, but it dropped on HBO Max mm-hmm. the other day, like a, like, like a couple days ago. So we spot, my wife was like, oh yeah, we want to, I want to watch that movie. I wonder if we can watch it. And I looked it up. I was like, oh shit, it came out on HBO Max yesterday. So we sat down and watched it and I was just left going fucking really like, like that movie was going so well, Mm -hmm. so well. And then it it got like the last 15 minutes. I was like, screwed everything. Is that fucking (laughs) really, is that really where you went with this? Like the most cliche already seen it a thousand times been done a hundred times. The, the the like the most generic of um it's literally the in my opinion like one of the probably top five most generic sci-fi plots you could ever have wouldn't you say like it's, oh it's yeah so way up there in the like but like pit, draw it out of a hat and, and then tell it slightly differently but it's i think just, the the worst part about that whole thing though with this movie is that like so it shows to go that route which is already laughable right because they had a lot of good things leading up they had a lot of great things leading up yeah like when it hit that i was like fucking i I literally turned my wife i was like i was like you're fucking kidding right she's like why yeah and when my you know like she's not even like a huge like sci-fi buff or anything but when mm -hmm. she's like going why did you go to this is so lame you know it's bad yeah exactly and and that's the thing is that so like not only did it go in that direction which no one wanted but it also made things make even less sense. Mm-hmm. There were so many more questions that arose purely because of the decision that they made. Yeah. Right. Like it wouldn't have even been there. But now not only did it not answer so many of the questions that I had, it answered the one big question. But then in order to make that one big question fit, there's now 30 other questions that are still unanswered. And now 20 more as to how in the world does that work? You know yeah, what I mean? That's, that's exactly what I said. Is like, my wife was like, "How how would that even work? Like mm-hmm. that wouldn't even like that doesn't like what? Yeah." And that's what I was like. I was like, "What? Like what the f- is going on here?" Exactly. Like, and, and it still doesn't make sense as far like you know for for example like there is not an explanation as to what in the world the dancers were about. Like what were the dancer things for? Right. Like what Mm -hmm. was the, the significance of it? And then also like, why was the whole thing happening? Like, remember whenever she was having the thought of her being like, uh, the glass was being pushed and squeezing Mm -hmm. her. You remember? Like, why did that happen? Why was the food doing that thing whenever she was cracking the eggs? Yeah. None, none of that makes sense. We never got answers for that. What they gave us does not explain anything like that. So Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think... Okay, so, like, minor spoilers here. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, skip ahead a couple minutes here. But, you know, for me, I think that was, like, times when, like, her consciousness was starting to kind of break through the facade. Do you know what I'm saying? And And therefore, it stopped working properly. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, that, I know what you're saying, but could, I don't think it's the only fits thing it. I could I could think of. It was just I mean, the whole thing was just just fucking stupid. Like and it and it honestly like. Like it made like the, the revelation, the twist made her journey so much so cringy, yeah. like so terrible and made me look back and go. Everything about this movie is like so cringy, gross. Like, mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna throw up now. Like, like, and and I don't know if that's what Olivia Wilde was trying to do. You know what I mean? But it definitely it it didn't feel like like 
So let me just put it to you this way. And mm-hmm. I and I don't want to be like I don't know how to explain. I don't want to be like shitty or anything, but it it didn't feel like the plot of a movie that was written by a woman, a woman. It felt like like a guy wrote this movie. Do you, does that make sense? Like Yeah, I could see it. Because Especially the plot in, of it was very was very like it's against what you normally hear nowadays, right? Right, and it's, it's and it's pretty traditional. And the resolution of it wasn't really in favor of really anybody, right? Do you know what I mean? Like there wasn't like a resolution where you go, "Oh, okay," you know, she wins or they win, mm-hmm. or whatever. It just it just felt like like the whole plot and everything about it was really driven by the male point of view, mm-hmm. to almost to the point of. Like being detrimental to the story, do you know yeah. what I mean? And it and it seemed like it was going like this really good route, and then like the dinner scene to the end, to the end was like it just went off the cliff, you know? Yeah. Like they didn't finish writing it, and they had to make a U turn somewhere. You know, I don't know. No, I, was, I I totally agree. It was just like basically that ruined everything, and it made everything worse. It was essentially it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was annoying because I was really into it until that happened, and then I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. So, but anyway. let's go ahead and move on to the new stuff now. So, uh, there's one big thing that just happened, apparently, from what you say. Yeah, just a couple hours ago, actually. Yeah. Um, Bob Chapek. Well, maybe, I guess, yesterday now. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. yeah. Well, because it's never mind. It's it's one in the morning. So, yeah, yesterday. So, so Bob Chapek so, steps down and Bob Iger returns as Disney CEO. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That is, that is what happens. So, um, Disney's board of the directors has basically um, asked Bob Iger to return for a two-year contract to kind of fix the mess that that JPEG has created in the Disney family. And is mostly most of his problems are streaming and um, and the parks. Like the parks are. As someone who's been a was a pass holder for 13 years, who doesn't have a pass anymore, the parks are a goddamn disaster. Right, um, you're the proof like that's in the book. Every, <laughs> and everything about and, and and we know tons of people. I mean, we're in Florida, so that, right. that are huge Disney fans, and like everybody is in agreement that 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 Disney has lost its magic, right? Like, yeah, and it started with Iger, not Iger, with with JPEG. Like, within months of him taking over, it it started to go down, but. Um, I know the Star Wars thing was a disaster. The like well, $3,000 a night Star Wars thing. Oh, you know, I actually, everyone I know that's gone on that really liked it. So it's um, just so expensive. I've heard that. It yeah, was terrible, it is. But. It's all inclusive though. So it's, it's basically the thing about the Star Wars thing, which people, I think people don't realize when they see the price is it's just like getting on like a really super high end cruise mm-hmm. that's run by Disney. Because it's all inclusive, like all your food and everything is covered while you're mm-hmm. there. So you like go into this hotel and you're there for like two days or three days or whatever it is. Um, I still think it's expensive, but um, I understand why I way, the way price way is where it is based on what Disney cruises cost. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, it uh, people are are saying it's like akin to a- uh, Apple when uh, Steve Jobs left and then he came back because they didn't like the way it was going. Um, uh, right. But he basically um, says the board has concluded that as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal period. Don't you um, love that PR talk? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but but basically they're like, listen, we got to do a lot of changing and fix a lot of problems. And Basically, everyone that works for Disney, from the people on the ground at the parks all the way up to the C-suite, everybody has respect and love for Bob Iger. Mm -hmm. So we're bringing him back, and we're bringing him back for two years, okay? And his job is to kind of plan for the future for Disney, basically put a roadmap in place, and find and train his replacement. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, so he his one of his jobs is to find and determine who the next CEO of Disney will be, which is pretty crazy. So he worked for Disney for forty years and was the CEO for fifteen. He helped helm the purchase of Marvel, Pixar, Disney, uh, and Lucasfilm, and Twentieth Century Fox were all while he was the boss. 
I can't so. imagine how much ass kissing is about to happen in corporate Disney right now. Oh yeah, dude, for for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, there were people. I, I guess like last week, you know, Jim Cramer from Mad Money um, mm-hmm. was saying that last week was saying like Disney has no choice but to get rid of JPEG because they've got a balance sheet from hell and their financials are in the tr- in the tank. Right. You know what I mean. Um, so who knows? I think um, I think we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm stoked for it because I would like the parks to go back to being awesome again. So we'll see if um, what what happens next because Iger always did good by the by the visitors of the park. So that'll be nice. Right. Well, that's fair. Well. Next thing that we're going to be talking about is uh, Blizzard ends its contract with NetEase, making games mm-hmm. unavailable in China. Now, this one's a biggie. This one is crazy big, yeah. To, in my opinion, um, uh, what do you have? Like, I guess go ahead and, and tell us a little bit more about it. So, um, NetEase has handled all of Blizzard's has been the service provider for Blizzard mm-hmm. in China. For 14 years. And uh, if you're familiar with China, like my understanding is, and I could be slightly off base here, but my understanding is, and I've seen this a lot, like a lot of these bigger companies, they go through somebody else in China because I believe there's some laws about, you know, it has to be hosted in China. It has to be run by a Chinese company, by boots on the ground in China. So the you know these guys handled the servers for blizzard in china and and the, the distribution of their box games and managing all the pr and events and publicity and and all that stuff so they handled overwatch 2 diablo 3 world of warcraft starcraft hearthstone heroes of the storm um was under this particular contract so as of january 23rd 2023 mainland china will lose access to all of those games the only game they get to keep is um, Diablo Immortal because Diablo Immortal was covered by a different agreement because they didn't have a mobile agreement. So there was a new contract written and they said that that is covered by a separate long-term agreement. So Diablo Immortal will continue to be playable in China for the foreseeable future, which is probably the biggest one for them anyway because mobile gaming is huge over there. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know the people it's, I mean, it's a shitty spot for Blizzard to be in. I don't know if they're going to be able to find someone to pick it up or what. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they will get it handled, but yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that that's ending is definitely like a, you know, end of an era kind of thing. And it's going to piss yeah. off some, some people in China, I would imagine a lot. Well, yeah. And <laughs> so the, the, um, so there's this guy, Simon Zhu. He's the pr- the president of Global Investment and Partnership for NetEase. And he said in a um, LinkedIn post, he said, as a gamer who spent 10,000 hours in the world of Azeroth, StarCraft, and Overwatch, I feel so heartbroken as I will no longer have access to my account and memories next year. One day, when what has happened behind the scenes can be told, Developers and gamers will have a whole new level of understanding of how much damage a jerk can make. Hmm. So he's basically saying that like somebody at Blizzard was being a jerk and NetEase was like, you know what? Fine. We're done. Yeah. Like um, Blizzard is saying, you know, of course that, um, you know, was saying it's like, um, let me see. You know, every few years we review our agreement with them. We've been working through this process, but um, their approach wasn't aligned with our commitment to players, employees, and operating practices. So standard boilerplate, like we, you know, we just can't come to terms on how they're going to do business over there. Right, um, right. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's like, bleh. it's yeah, terrible. Exactly. But we'll see you know, how this ends up working out in time, but. Um, definitely a big shakeup, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the gaming section now. So, uh, first one to kick it off, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um, this one, this game just came out two days ago, right? Yeah, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And um, both Muggin and I have been playing. 
And oh my god, there is some news about this thing that's not so great because everyone, I don't think that this was, like I didn't hear about this as an issue going in, like even from early players, but man, whenever I opened it up, like definitely felt like it wasn't running great, but then I saw some videos come out and my god, this thing has been dragged through it. Because it does not run well at all, especially on docked mode. Yeah, I mean, so here's the deal. Like, I'm playing on an OLED, um, mm-hmm. right? And 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 my son is playing on a uh, an original Switch, but not not the very first release, the second release where they put the upgraded battery in it um, mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's not the original Gen One because that one finally died. Um, and uh, like I'm not having any problems. I, I saw one instance of clipping um, today, and I it w- I was on a in a really janky spot where like there was a Pokemon in the water next to like a mountain, mm. and I threw my little Pokemon guy out, and the camera angle just got real fucked up. And like at the very very end of the battle, when I threw the Pokeball, and the camera goes to zo- went to zoom in on the ball, it clipped through the mountain. So you could see just on the side of the screen, you could see like the edge of the mountain and then you could see through the world, right? Mm-hmm. And you could see the water like a thousand feet down or whatever. But for me, I've seen that shit in AAA video games for forever. Like, right. I mean, that's just something that shit happens sometimes with camera angles. I will admit that, and this is what most people are saying, is that, you know, the the game engine that they're using is not fantastic. It's an in-house game engine, and it's time for them to retire it and do something new or just license somebody else's game engine like Unreal or something because the, the problem with them is, is that because they release a mainline Pokemon game every three years, they don't really have enough time to make a new game engine in-house. Mm. And meet that those deadlines do you know what i mean like yeah and 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 this game is pretty pretty ambitious dude if you think about it it's like the world is bigger than arceus and they've added in the open world everything and they've given you the option to go multiple different paths in the game and then you don't have to do anything in any particular order anymore you can attack all the gyms in whatever order you want right Mm -hmm. so they give the player a lot of freedom and that freedom comes at a cost and unfortunately that cost is you know, it looks like there's some frame rate drops in some of the larger areas and there's some clipping and there's been some weird pop ins and stuff like that. And <clears throat> I don't know. For me, it doesn't really matter because it's a Pokemon game and I'll have fun with it one way or the other. Yeah. So I think for, for me, like I've definitely at the beginning, I wasn't really having many issues recently. I'm still not having crazy amount of issues, but I have had the game crash twice. Now I am using an OG switch so maybe that is partially why um but i'm also playing a lot in handheld mode i would say like 90 percent of the time i've played Mm -hmm. in handheld mode definitely not that bad in handheld mode um i during the time that i tried dock the frame rate really was terrible there was lots of clipping and things were moving terribly like it looked really bad now i've said for a while um, so I just decided, like, you know, I'm just going to play it in hand- handheld mode from now on. Um, as it should be. Right. As is tradition. But uh, I will say I've I've always said they need to kick it up for, I guess, for quite some time. At least I've said that they need to kick it up on the graphics end because in this day and age, I think it's ridiculous um, that they're still kind of supporting it on the graphics engine that they're using. Um so yeah, like I'm, I'm hoping that this will just be the kind of kick in the ass that they need to make sure that they do that. Um, so yeah, but you know, it, it's not overall kind of as you said, like from everything that I've seen and I've heard, it's really like the game itself is great, right? But the bugs and all of the the frame rate issues and all that kind of stuff is holding back a truly great game. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and that's and, unfortunate. Right. Exactly. As so, as it always is. I mean, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or No Man's Sky are good examples of, of like, oops, probably should fix that. Um, yeah. 
At least and it's not either, unplayable. Either you though. successfully fix it or you let it linger for so long and then finally fix it. But yeah, well, yeah, and that's the thing here is that I think, like, I have a particular personal view on like what i think the switch is and what it should be looked at as um and i i don't know if i'm unique in this perspective because i've been handheld gaming for so long you know all Mm -hmm. the way back to the original game boy but like i have a dock for my switch and i would bet you that between the, the the multiple switches that are in my house and the amount of hours that my son has put into it, it has probably been docked onto the screen for less than 10 hours total oh, really? in five years mm. because it's always in a hand. It's always handheld all the time because that's that, because he can play it whenever he wants. He doesn't have to share the TV with anybody. He can go in his room. He can play on the couch. He can sit in the dining room. He can sit in the papazon or beanbag chair or lay in bed. Like, he plays it in the car. We go on trip. You know what I mean? Like, and, and personally, I always viewed the Switch as just basically the new Game Boy. Like, it was the, the next in the line of Game Boys for me. I never even really thought of it as a home console. Right. You know, it was it was a thing that could be a home console when you snapped it in, but to me, I always looked at it as handheld first, and I think I think Nintendo looked at it as handheld first when they designed it, and and this reeks of Game Freak looked at it as handheld first, mm-hmm. and then did everything they can to get it to run at 720p through the dock, and they just didn't get it. They didn't do. They didn't get there, and. I mean, my guess is that it's it's probably something that can be fixed with some software updates because it doesn't sound like the things that they're dealing. I mean, the hardware inside of the Switch can handle it. I mean, Breath of the Wild is is you could see far further than you could in this game. And it's not like this game is like leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, what Breath of the Wild was from a from a graphic standpoint. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like. There's probably a way to fix it, but I also know that, you know, for me and my son, I mean, he's put, he's through the second gym, um, you know, his Pokemon, I think, are in their 30s now. Uh, he's put a good amount of time in it over the last couple of days, but, and he's, he's, I asked him, he's like, no, haven't had a crash, haven't had any real problems, I'm, I'm having fun. Do you know what I mean? He's, he thinks it's the best Pokemon game that's ever come out. Um, right. He loves everything about it. So, you know, to me, when a nine-year-old says that, like, I think they've done their job, right? Like, they've got these kids jazzed about Pokemon, and he's going, he wants the next the new Pokemon cards, and he wants to go to Pokemon tournaments, and, you know, he wants to be in that world. And that's the, the goal, right? That's their thing, is like, can we get them into the world? So, but I think they're doing a disservice at the same time by not, like, being up to snuff, right, with right. what with what it could be right and i don't know tell me if you think this is this is stupid but i think they should have never gone 3d with i think they should have stuck with like the overworld maps and everything like they had in the original pokemon and continue to evolve that and they could still have the overworld and stuff but i just i feel like the there was something endearing about the old graphics engines like mm-hmm. on the DS and stuff, like when it was like sprites and things like that, that that you you just lose in this kind of lower fidelity, cartoony look, which isn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it looks like like one of the Pokemon cartoons. So like, what's the problem? But um, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I'm I I will say that I think that moving to the 3D is better, at least for me. Like I I definitely because I think that there's more room to grow there. True. Uh, like eventually, I want to see see a much higher form of what I'm seeing now um, in regards to their graphics, and I don't think that I think there's definitely like just a block that you'll hit with 2D. So, yeah, like I I'm glad that they went through the route that they did. I definitely understand your nostalgia for it because you you like that shit so much, anyways. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think that people that come from 
your generation generally like that style better. Oh, you're calling me old now. I see. Yep. <laughs> At least as far as the gaming Dear. world is concerned. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I would say that that's the case. But for me, I am glad that it went in this new direction. I, I definitely think it's you know a very good game. You're right. I think it, especially for kids, I think it provides what it needs. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's definitely the adult Pokemon players that are having the issues with it now because we expect more um, while wanting more as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they have to deliver on both fronts. And, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with it. But I, I really, like I said, I personally don't think it's as bad as I've heard and seen on like yeah. TikTok and stuff like that because it's getting dragged through the mud so hard on TikTok. It's crazy. But, um yeah, I definitely, I do want this to be a kick for them to be like, all right, next game, we really got to amp it up and, and do something new. So, yeah, just, I mean, and that's what a lot of people are like, well, why don't they just use like the Breath of the Wild engine or why don't they get, um, why don't they use Unreal Engine or, you know, all these different things that they could, you know, that they could do. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't know, I think that that's just not reasonable to expect them to do that. You know what I mean? I mean, not for the Unreal Engine, I don't think. But yeah, I mean, I think I think they're gonna want to. They're gonna, you know, Nintendo and Game Freak are gonna want them to, you know, develop their own new engine. And the problem is, is I think that that leaves them in a real shitty spot for hitting their next game deadline. I think so too. But I would rather wait and have a better game. Well, that's the way I look at it, too, is, like, just take the time you need to get the game right. Like, don't worry about, like, making it out every three years. It's like the whole Call of Duty bullshit. Like, why does it have to be every year? Why do you have to have a game every single year? Like, you can go a year without a game. Like, your game will, the shelf life will hold, right? Yeah. Like, it's not. We'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. The world will continue to turn. Yeah. I mean, and especially for Pokemon, because. They pump out, you know, other things while you're waiting for the next big new game. You know what I mean? So there's palate cleansers in between. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so let's go ahead and move on to the next section here. So and it's about Overwatch. So um, basically this one's kind of short, but um, Overwatch is still having problems. You still have to hook up your phone number to it. At least I yeah, they saw brought that back. I saw. Yeah, they brought that back. Um they're, it's still super grindy. They're, they say that they're actively working on a way to try to make it less grindy. Mm-hmm. And and now this is a big thing where they brought out this amazing skin for the character May, which um, was in the first game. And she was in this game a bit as well. But then they took her out, like, I think, uh, I guess about over two weeks ago or so. I'm not quite sure if she's back in yet. But they had this awesome game, or I mean, uh, uh, skin in game. And she's not even a playable character because they had to take her out because there was a bug and mm-hmm. she's been gone for so long now and no one can even get this, you know, they can buy the skin, but they can't get the character for it. So yep. it, it's just really funny. And it just I think it just shows the state at which Overwatch 2 is at. I think they're they're having to put out so many fires right now mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, it's just probably a hellhole over there. So it's uh, it's a pretty interesting time for Overwatch. Yeah, man, I think. It's a rough spot. I mean, you'd think they'd be trying to get everything right with, like, um, you know, with Microsoft trying to buy them, like, that they wouldn't want to be, like, continuing to, like, blow it over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, every time you turn around the corner, they're fucking something up. Exactly. And it's just, like, come on, man. Like, ugh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's no good. But... You know, we'll see what happens with it. But yeah, just right now, just not in a good position. No. Um, next thing, though. God of War. So, yeah, you did not play it, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just going to be real quick about it. I did play it. I played it all the way through. Played the first one. Um, huge fan of the series. And this one did not disappoint. God of War Ragnarok was amazing. Um, it was a storybook ending. This there's not, um, so far as I know, and so far as they've said, there's not another one coming out. That's a direct sequel, at least to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is as far as it goes, and they did a fantastic job closing this thing up. Nice. Everything felt super epic. 
it had great combat. There was expansion on the previous combat system, which was already great. It's it's not too complex, um, but it, it is definitely just more of what you loved in the first one. Um, you, you have more uh, options as far as weapons are concerned. Really cool mechanics, lots of puzzles and everything like that. Uh, it just feels like a fully-fledged game. You, you get to take Atreus out, like, solo, and as well as a, a couple other characters. Um, you get to kind of play around with them as your secondary and everything. It's just a lot of fun, and um, narratively, it's just amazing. Graphically, it's gorgeous, and, yeah, just brings it all full circle, and I loved every second of it. So if I was about to say, so you hate it, right? I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're on the fence, definitely get it. It's absolutely worth it. Um, just do it. Uh, that's it for for that. Unless you have any questions about it, I doubt you do. Mm-mm. But all right, well, let's move on to the next thing here. So there's a new game that's kind of like Ghost of uh, Tsushima, Tsushima, right? Mm-hmm. Boy, I can't pronounce that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a game that came out a while ago. It was really, really good, like samurai ninja esque. Um, and there's a, a new game that's coming out that very much looks similar. And graphically, it looks great. Uh, the mm-hmm. combat looks super fluid. It's called uh, Project uh, Perceiver, I believe it was, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks great. So, I mean, going to have to watch that one. What What was your thoughts on it? It looks pretty sick, man. Like, yeah. I think it's just so fluid. I'm just like, I know I said it like three times, but man, it just looks so fluid. And like I see this ability that that they use for like this kind of teleport where it, it turned into like kind of cherry blossom leaves and then you fly up and it's just oh looks gorgeous mm-hmm. so I'm I'm digging it but um no confirmed release date um still very much in the early stages I think despite how gorgeous it looks <laughs> um but yeah we'll, we'll kind of have to see how it goes we're definitely going to keep our eye on it but yeah definitely give it a look-see on youtube um because man it's yeah a couple of the videos are down now which is kind of sucky but yeah it's it i mean it's it's a chinese developed game too on top of that so it's not even like i don't know we'll see the 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 movement like the movement of the character looks just insane Mm -hmm. like running up walls and like like, yeah, a lot of a lot of verticality, like flying around and shit. Because he's he's a phantom. Like supposedly yeah. he's like a phantom, so he's not even like a corporeal form. So yeah, it should be pretty cool. Yeah, it's a lot of leeway there. Exactly. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, looking very good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next thing. This is kind of your forte, but Snap will soon yeah. let you grind for specific cards with a new token system. What do you think about that? I. Okay, first of all, I think it's awesome because that's one of the things that kind of sucks, and it's it's not really an issue for pool one and and even maybe even pool two for an extent. But when you get like halfway through pool two and you, you're like, man, I really wish I had this one card because it would just make the deck that I like to play the most really sing. Mm-hmm. Um, you just still getting random ass cards. Right. You know what I mean, and okay, cool. When I get to this level, I'll have all the cards. So, you know, there's there's always the light at the end of the tunnel because that card is always there somewhere, right? Like, you know, you're gonna get it. Are, are you still playing it a good bit? I play it a little bit here and there. I, I've I fell off quite a bit. Um, I played really hard for the first season. I fell off quite a bit. I've I've tried to pick it up here and there. I just haven't had the time to really just sit and grind. Mm-hmm. Um. Which the game takes a lot to like get through it all. Like there, you do have to play it quite a bit. Um, but it's it, you're you're enjoying it while you're playing it, so it's not it doesn't feel like work. But you you do need to be able to put in the time to get the the thing. But so what they're doing now is like the progression track is when you upgrade a card, you get a point, right? A collection power point, and then like each tier that you upgrade is worth more points, right? Mm-hmm. And then every so many points, you get a card. You get credits, you get, you know what I mean? So it's like card credits, card credit, card credits. The credits are what you use to upgrade your cards. So by upgrading your cards and by playing the game, you get credits, and then you use those credits to upgrade your cards, which then give you new cards. Um, And then basically the game is broken up into three pools of cards, and your first, like, X amount of levels is all pool one, 
And when you get to the end of that, you'll have every pool one card. And then you start getting pool two cards until a certain level. And then you've gotten all the pool two cards. And then pool three is the more kind of infinite area where like any new card that gets released through the battle pass is in the battle pass for like the first month. And then when the battle pass ends, it immediately gets put into pool three, which Mm -hmm. means that if you're already in pool three, the next card you get could be it or it could be one of another hundred cards because it's completely random. Um, And the, the farther up you get in levels, the bigger the gap between each card you collect is because you know, now you're in these higher tiers and you've upgraded a bunch of cards already. So when you upgrade a card, it's worth six points instead of two points. So the gap gets wider. Do you know what I mean? Right. So you start to slow down in the progression, which is kind of where I'm at right now is like I went from every two collection power. I got a card to every four collection power. I got a card and it started to drag ass real bad. Mm. And I, I had a good deck, but they just released Killmonger. Killmonger just murders that deck so bad. I don't know if he was in there before, but I just, I all of a sudden just started seeing him and he like basically just deletes my entire deck. Mm. Um, he kills all one cost creatures on the board. All uh, so it might have been like a new counter meta or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like the the meta that I, like, I was playing like a zoo, a zoo flood deck, right? Like aggro and, and it just totally deletes it. So, um, I mean, I could find another deck, but, um, so the thing that's nice here, though, is like I remember when I was digging through pool two, like I was dying for um, Angela, mm-hmm. like I really needed her to, to finish my deck. And I, I must have gone 20, 30 cards before she showed up. Then she showed up like right before I finished the end of the pool. So the nice thing is, is that you never you, you will get every card in, in pool one. You will get every card in pool two. Right. You're going to get them all because you're right. guaranteed to because of the way the pool system works. Um, and, and you can pretty much, I saw someone post the other day was like, once you get through pool two, you can pretty much build all of the different types of decks. And then the cards in pool three, just continue to boost those deck archetypes and make them stronger and better and stronger and better. Right. Right. The core cards of those decks come from pool one and pool two. Um, so it'll, I think for people in pool three, this is going to be a huge help because you can grind these, you're going to get rewarded these little tokens and when you get so many tokens, you can basically use it to buy a card that you don't that you don't have that's in a shop. So there's going to be a separate shop, and it will only show cards that you don't have in whatever pool you're in, and you'll be able to buy them for tokens. Or you can just hoard the tokens and wait until you get to pool three and then buy cards. You know what I mean? So if you don't see something, you don't buy it. And when you see something, right. you can buy it. Um, it's interesting. Um We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it seems at like least a pretty you good can, system. At least it gives you an opportunity to have some level of control in the randomness. I mean, still it's random what shows up in the shop, but it's guaranteed to be a card you don't own. And uh, you can buy it if you want. Yeah, basically it's no Legends than, of Frontera. Yeah. That's what I get. Correct. Um, <laughs> all right. Their well, card good. crafting system was probably one of the one of the better ones that I really like. How they yeah. give you like random, you know, you just get the generic... Um, you know, legendary card or whatever, and then you just buy whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. Yeah. You know lots I mean? of so you hoard them, figure out what you want to do, and then you buy a whole deck. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and all the while you're gaining other things. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely need to think all that one. Yeah, you do. One. It's it's amazing. Path of Champions, so good. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyways, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here. So this is this is an interesting one. High profile. High profile developers arrested on insider trading so i saw this this article myself earlier and so it was um if i remember correctly it was like the creators of what it was like some creators of some big sonic Sonic. that's right um basically a couple of guys that have worked on a couple of big uh games um over in japan right Mm -hmm. um they ended up getting arrested because there was this big insider trading track going on yeah so yeah Yeah, in 2020 Mm -hmm. okay um this is all about dragon quest so it's like very jab this like the japanese so japanese Japanese trader. (laughs) um so square enix is was contracting a a developer to work on a new dragon quest game 
and it's a smaller like indie dev and they're not teeny tiny but they're not like this big name publisher that everybody knew they're publicly traded on the stock market there so it's it's not like they were this tiny mom and pop boutique but they were right. also not like it's not like sega it's not like they're hiring activision or somebody like that it's it's a smaller company that you probably wouldn't know the name of it if you heard it it's called um what was the name of the damn game thing where to go um aiming the name of the company is aiming mm. right um Anyway, these guys got wind that aiming was going to get the next Dragon Quest game before the announcement was made. So these developers went and bought a butt ton of shares in aiming, knowing that when they got announced that they were putting out the next Dragon Quest game because Dragon Quest is like the biggest shit in Japan ever. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's huge. It's, it's yeah. it dwarfs Final Fantasy like. It came out before Final Fantasy. It's all designed by Akira Toriyama, who created Dragon Ball. You know, all the character art and all the concept and stuff is by him. The games are great, and it um, it's bigger over there. We, we're bigger. We, the Western world kind of knows Final Fantasy a lot more, but over in, in the East, like Dragon Quest, the big thing. So they knew that the stock was going to go up. So they bought a bunch of shares of it, and then when the stock went up, they you know they were able to sell those shares for a huge profit. Well, that's illegal as hell, right? So, yep. So this okay. happened in 2020, and so they they just arrested this guy, who was one of the primary creators of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. He also worked on Knights uh, into Dreams. Um, I don't know if you remember the Knights games from Saturn. I, I don't. Um, and he also w- worked on Fantasy Star, which is was Sega's version of you know their big um, JRPG. So yeah, he's 57, and yep. So he apparently he was working. Um, he had left Sega and was working with um, with Square Enix on Balin Wonderland, which was a flop, um, but it had a very nice vibe. So he was working for them when they hired Aiming. So that's why he um, he he knew about it. So well, so apparently he bought one hundred eighty eight thousand dollars worth of. Um, he bought he bought ten thousand shares worth about two twenty grand USD. Um, or wait, I'm getting confused now. Yeah, that's what he bought. And then the other guy that he was working that that got busted was caught buying one hundred eighty eight thousand dollars in shares. Which Jeez, is like crazy. And then they were they were selling them all, but yeah, yep. crazy. Yeah, that's some pretty ridiculous stuff, but yeah. it's a lot of money, man, for them to be thrown around. I mean, in 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 Japan, that's like twenty four million yen. You know, what I mean, like yeah, yeah, like giant numbers. Um, well, but, ridiculous, ridiculous story. Was not expecting that whenever I read it. People got to do stupid shit, man. It's like it happens. You're like a well known, renowned video game designer for one of like the biggest franchise art, one of the bigger franchises in the world, like. Who the hell doesn't know who Sonic the Hedgehog is? You know what I mean? And then you go and do something stupid. Like, come yeah. on, bro. Don't Maybe ruin the legacy of, of Sonic. That, that no one would fuck with him. It uh, <laughs> could be. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead and talk about the next last thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that is NeuroCloud. It drops. Um, what, what time did we figure it would be? It drops... At six, so it drops in four hours and forty three minutes. There we go. So, um, it's looking good. Like we've been watching this game for a while. Um, the mm-hmm. it's it's a you know tactics style game. What is the official style called? You know, I don't even really know. Um, yeah. I watched some videos on it. You know, it just it looks kind of. I don't know, kind of Arknight-y, but not really, because it's a grid. It's like... Ah. It's got an Arknight aesthetic, that's for sure. And then it's mm-hmm. you know fairly similar gameplay, but it's definitely different. Like it, it, I it's don't kind think of its, it's lane-based. It's more like auto-chess. It's more like auto-chess, I would say. Like, more like auto-chess that you have a little bit more control over once they're on the field. Yeah. Um, I think would be the way I would describe it, because it's a big grid. It's not lane-based combat. They're all on the field. You're all on the field, and then the battle starts, and you try and beat them up and win. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a mix between like auto chess and you know squad based tactic game. Yeah. 
I, I yeah. I mean, I'm it's gonna, just I've it's just its own kind of, of thing. It, I, it's one of those things where I really need to just play it to really understand. But same, everything about it looks good. The game it came from, you know, Girls Frontline. They've done very well. They've, they've heard very good things about the game. Um, you know, and the the developer behind it is supposed to be good. There's animes. I mean, it's very big. Like the the franchise itself is pretty huge. Um, and this is basically like I guess the story is a prequel to the Girls Frontline game. Right. Um, which then had a sequel in the form of an anime. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> we're jumping around, but exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It looks really good. Um, I'd be interested to re-roll tomorrow and see what I get. Yeah, it looks um, like quality. Yeah, it definitely looks like fun. Definitely going to be doing some re-rolling, so we'll see. Um, has a good system as far as like you get to pick. Like we we found out yesterday, we you get to kind of like pick your first three star. Um, yeah, there's a free three star ticket. Well, it's not free. So apparently, it costs. But they give you enough resources off the bat. Yeah. So what it. I yeah what I heard was they give you enough resources to buy it right off the jump. But normally you would need to earn the resources, which apparently is something that you can do relatively quickly in the game because you get them through normal play. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think it'll be. I think it'll be fun. And so, I mean, at least you have that to fall back on. So you're really re-rolling for, you know, one three-star hopefully out of your re-roll. And then you get the second one and you can pick that second one and complement whichever one you pull out of the the thing. You know what I mean? So you mm-hmm. can kind of start with a, a stronger base team to get you through the, the main campaign into the end game where you will eventually pull all the things, right? So Yeah. So, yeah, well, hmm. we're hoping that it is as good as it looks, but we'll find out more, and I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, yeah, anything else from you? Are you good? No, I'm good, man. Uh, All right. Yep. All right, it. well, That's then, got. yep, the, so then we'll see you guys um, next week. Just once again, don't forget to leave those five-star reviews and everything like that. Um, thank you very much, Muggin. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. All right, peace.